You guys can grab a seat, unless you want to stand the whole time I'm speaking. Uh, that would be kind of odd, maybe awkward. <laughs> a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, we are talking about standing strong today. Um, I don't know if you've been in this situation, but uh, you're watching a movie. And it's one of those movies that's a good movie because it's not a romance. It's, it's an, like an action movie, something that can appeal to you, you know? You know those kind of movies? And you're watching that movie, and there's usually, in those types of movies, there's like this hero. Sometimes it's a heroine. But we have these hero figures in the movies, right? And how many of you like to watch movies where the hero is just awesome? Anybody? Okay. We could probably go around and think of our favorite movies, favorite heroes. I'm just going to say mine is probably Optimus Prime in Transformers. I mean... I could, I could easily do a whole sermon on how incredible Optimus Prime is. But I'm not going to do that. So we all have our movies. We all have our favorite heroes. And one of the things that happens for me while I'm watching those movies and you know, kind of going through those stories, putting myself into the story, one of the things that happens to me is I'm a little bit inspired to be a hero. Anybody else have that experience? Yeah? Just like a little bit, you know? Sometimes a lot. Like when you're watching Optimus, you want to go full on. So I've kind of developed this theory. I'm going to suggest it to you, and and you can do with it whatever you want. But I think that God has wired us to want to be a hero. And I also think that he has equipped us, actually, to be a hero. Now, we can't all be Optimus Prime. I get it. Yeah, I know. Some people are very disappointed. But there is a way in which God has equipped you to be a hero in this world. So, that's what we're going to talk about about how to be a hero, because I assume you want to be a hero. I mean, who watches those movies and says, nah, I don't ever want to step up for somebody else. Nah, I don't ever want to be the rescuer. Nah, I don't, I don't ever want to, like, stand for truth and justice and, and great things, you know? You don't walk away from those movies and those stories thinking that. If you do, we need to talk. <laughs> well, yes, but, you know, it, it, we know it's going to be difficult and uncomfortable, but we at least want to be that person. So we're going to talk about how to go about doing that. Last week we talked about David, and David was an extraordinary person. Uh, God had his special favor on David. David had a lot of things going for him. One of the things he had going for him was that extraordinary people just came around him to help him achieve what God had called him to do. 
I mean, extraordinary people. Actually, like, you know, Jonathan, we talked about him a little bit. The crown prince actually helped him rise to power. Very strange part of the story. Uh, Philistines, uh, people who were there was his enemies. They were so inspired by how incredible David was, his courage on the battlefield, his character, that actually a group of Philistines left their country and began following and supporting David. Now that's pretty awesome when you can just get your enemy to be on your side, right? So there are some special things about David. We, we talked about some of those last week. There was this elite group of Hebrew men that gathered around David. This is like Massad 6.0, right? These guys were elite. I'm going to read to you uh, a little bit of a description. It's at the end of 2 Samuel, and it's in chapter 23. It's easy to glaze over this part because we're just sort of like tying up loose ends to David's administration and to his story. Uh, But there's this section about David's mightiest warriors. And how cool would it have been to have been listed in this group, right? It says, these are the names of David's mightiest warriors. The first was Jashabim, the Hakamanite, who was the leader of the three. The three mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used his spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. If you've watched the movie 300, you might have a little, tiny little glimpse of what this would have looked like. Next in rank among the three was Eleazar, son of Dodai, a descendant of Ahoah. Once Eleazar and David stood together against the Philistines, when the entire Israelite army had fled, he killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword. And the Lord gave him a great victory that day. The rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. Now that's just like the ultimate in manly heroism, isn't it? Next in rank was Shammah, son of Agi from Harar. One time the Philistines gathered at Lehi and attacked the Israelites in a field full of lentils, which I think makes it slippery. The The Israelite army fled, but Shammah... Our Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. So these are Optimus Prime level heroes. These are, oh, I got no support? That's fine. Oh, there's this large army coming in my direction? Guess what? Only a few of them can, can come at me at one time. I'm going to take them all on. Once during the harvest when David was at the cave of Adullam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Rephaim. The three who were among the 30, which you'll hear about in a second, an elite group among David's fighting men went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. David's a shepherd in that area, so he knows about that water. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. 
but he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord, saying, The Lord forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. The water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are the exploits of the three. (laughs) The three were legendary. There was a group that's mentioned after this, and you can read on your own after this, but they're called the 30, and they're the 30 elite warriors. And you could be, you, you might work your way up to being part of the 30, but you still weren't part of the three. I mean, these were literally the three. Uh, maybe you've seen the movie Three Musketeers. Something similar, but so much more. And I want to use a couple of words that I can't. Maybe you'll think of what they are. So the first step, the first part of how to be a hero is don't be intimidated by poor odds. Right? Our first account is 800 to 1. Now, if you're a guy who is in a battle situation where hand-to-hand combat is sort of the mode of the day, 800 to 1, I think, seems like a good time to run. Seems like a great time to call in for reinforcements. Uh, It seems like a good time. I mean, that's very honorable, right? This would be like a very honorable exit from the battlefield. This is an easy exit. Like, there is, there is not another man on earth that's going to question you when you said, well, there were 800 of them. So I went back to base. Right? That's, that makes sense to everybody. Let's, yeah, sure. Gotcha. Um, don't be intimidated by poor odds. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's total screen kill count is 842. So if you combine all of Schwarzenegger's movies, you come up with 842. This guy is doing it all in one day, all in one battle. He is not intimidated by the odds. What does it take to create that kind of thing? By the way, Samuel L. Jackson has the most screen screen kills at 1,742. This is great information, isn't it? <laughs> so how do, you, how do you build that kind of, I don't care about the odds? 1 John 5, starting in verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. So obeying with joy. For every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. So hopefully you're picking up some ideas here. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I've got bad news for you. If you're entertaining the idea of becoming a Christian, 
uh, if you, you know, you're, you've got your head wrapped around Jesus coming, uh, dying on the cross for you, and rise, raising again on the third day, and you, you're, you know, you're getting your head wrapped around that, and you've decided, yes, I think I, I want to make this step, but I've got some bad news for you. Uh, it could be bad news. It might appear to be bad news. And that is that Jesus calls you to do difficult things. Jesus calls you to be a hero. And that is a difficult thing. Right? How many of you have watched a movie where the hero sacrifices nothing but is still the hero? That's not how that works, is it? Right? We know from Ephesians 2.10 that we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to be heroes, right? Which he has prepared in advance for us to do. This is what God is calling us to be and to do. Great things. Great things. Uh, Zechariah 4 and verse 10. uh, of A powerful moment where the exiles have returned to Israel and they're rebuilding the temple, but everything looks pretty pathetic because they don't have a lot of resources. They have a very small group. Uh, the odds are against them. The whole region is just waiting for the political wind to shift and they're going to come in and destroy all the meager efforts of the Israelites. God sends this word of encouragement. He says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Uh, I am a natural entrepreneur, and so this is like a verse for entrepreneurs, right? Because what do those type of people do? They're the people who decide, yes, it looks really, really difficult, but yes, I'm going to do the thing anyways. And so great things are created. Great works happen because somebody looks at the odds, and they are not intimidated because they know that they're a child of God. They know that they have been called by God to do the thing that they're about to jump into. These three, these three, the three, they were called by God to support David in his military efforts. They were called by God to protect David in all cases, in every situation. So when David says, I would like a drink of water over there in the middle of enemy territory, in the most heavily guarded spot, I would like a drink of water from there. The three say, no problem. It's actually not a problem for us because we have been well-equipped. We have been called by God And we know that God will be with us even doing the most dangerous things. So don't be intimidated by poor odds. The second one is is to exhaust yourself on mission. Remember uh, Eleazar who stands, in my mind, back to back uh, with David. And he fights with David until he is so absolutely exhausted that he cannot lift his sword. He completely exhausts himself. I have had some very long, 
days. I've actually, there, there have been a few days where I've actually worked a full day. And, and I, I or, or maybe on a, like a, a really exhausting hunting trip, I go uh, sheep hunting and you're carrying a heavy pack. Sometimes you add the weight of a sheep onto that pack, which is really heavy. And you walk a long, long day and you're very exhausted. But I have never been so exhausted that I wouldn't be able to just pick up a sword. So this is, this is complete exhaustion. One thing you'll notice about heroes is that they are rarely well-balanced. They're rarely well-balanced. This doesn't mean that you have to be like bipolar or, uh, you know, you don't have to go insane. I'm not talking about that. Um, I'm talking about giving yourself completely and fully and absolutely and being willing to give it all. Uh, Anybody hear the phrase work-life balance? Uh, It's very popular in our corporate world and it's leaked out into our culture. Um, Some of you are thinking, are you about to attack work-life balance? I cannot believe it. All I'm saying is that heroes are rarely well-balanced. Heroes tend to exhaust themselves on mission. So, I'm going to let you think about your work-life balance. And I'm going to let you decide between you and God whether or not it's possible that some of us are using this idea of balance to be apathetic or just completely lazy. Is that a possibility? Did you know that Laziness is one of the ways in which the enemy gets us just by slowly putting us at rest and telling us that rest is the ultimate experience. That relaxation is where it's all at. Who could close their eyes right now? It could be actually that exhausting yourself completely, absolutely, to the very last drop is actually where it's at. What? Could it be that in our weakest moments, in our most exhausted moments, that that is where God would meet us and give us his strength? That in that moment, we would experience God in a way that we never have before because he calls us to ignore the odds and to exhaust ourselves. Anybody here, ever hear of Mother Teresa? Um, I've watched several interviews, read some books, and just kind of uh, dove into her life. Uh, nowhere, nowhere does she ever say... 
my primary mission in life was to be well-balanced. I just really wanted to make sure that I only served to the degree to where I could still live a well-balanced life. So that might be a clue as to what heroes look like. Isaiah 58.10 encourages us to pour ourselves out on behalf of the poor. And it's this image uh, of like just pouring yourself out completely. So there's nothing of you left. Like this is what God wants of us, to pour ourselves out. Sometimes it feels like we're in a culture where every message that we hear is about pouring in, about being poured into, about just getting more in. I think the story of the scriptures is different. It's about pouring yourself out. Uh, We should, as heroes, if we want to be heroes, we should be willing to fully expose ourselves to the most dangerous of situations. How many of you like danger? How about danger in the movies? Yeah, we like it then, right? Um, Danger is a difficult one, right? I mean, this is kind of the thing we kind of get down to, um, you know. But it's dangerous. Somebody needs to do that, but it's dangerous. I just went to the movie um, The Sound of Freedom, which you haven't, if you haven't seen it, uh, you really should go. It's easily worth the investment based on all the other things you spend money on. Um, it's about somebody who decides to do a very difficult thing, a very dangerous thing, and who, you know, of course they make a movie about it, so there's a positive result at the end. You know, disclaimer, or uh, spoiler alert. Uh, A powerful movie about a hero putting himself in a very dangerous situation, right? Again, we don't we don't see those movies and those those stories never make it to press where the hero isn't in danger. Right? There's this there's something that's dangerous about it. There's a really awkward conversation that has to be had. Uh, There's there's something that's that's dangerous in however God might be calling you to be a hero in your life. Right? There's a, an element of danger. You could lose friends. You could lose relationships. You could lose a career. You could lose status. You could lose the respect of others. You could, there's all kinds of things that you could lose. You could be physically in danger. We have to get to the place where we are willing to fully expose ourselves to danger. Uh, Harriet Tubman, incredible story. She is 
part of a group that escapes from slavery, slavery and learns of the Underground Railroad. And when she gets to the end of that and gets to her place of freedom, she turns right back around, goes right back through the Underground Railroad and grabs another group. She took 13 separate trips. Uh, she <laughs> sacrificed a lot, <laughs> was in all kinds of places of danger. Uh, several hundred people were delivered out of slavery because of her work, because of her willingness to expose herself to danger. And according to her, the reason that she was able to do that is because she just considered herself dead. She had already gone there. She had already calculated the worst possible scenario. She had already died to herself. She had decided that her life was done. Her hopes, dreams, aspirations, all that she thought of or wanted for herself, she was done with that. She died to herself. And she began living for others. And that gave her an incredible courage. Because there was no possible way they could hurt her. She was already dead. Hebrews 13 and verse 6 says, The Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Now remember... Uh, at one point, taking our family to Nicaragua, and uh, we we were there to see some Compassion kids. If you're familiar with Compassion International, but uh, we were there to see some of those kids. And uh, as we're there, j- just as we're going there, we're told, "Ah, you know, be careful. Uh, the last white people to." visit this situation, they were mugged at one of the traffic stops uh, at gunpoint. And I thought, oh, that's great, because I'm bringing my wife and kids. So uh, we, we went ahead with the trip, uh, but we had to have kind of that moment, like, well, you know, is this still worth doing, given the danger and that's just a small piece of me. I think the odds are still quite low, that, and we didn't get mugged. Uh, no guns were drawn anywhere that I saw. Maybe there's a way that God is calling you to take a step in toward danger. You know, I mean, we're, we're not going to change the world by uh, watching Netflix on our couch. That's not the path. The last thing is to be a fanatic for the cause. Uh, there were also a group of 30. And uh, these 30 men <laughs> were incredibly elite troops. When there was a coup against David's uh, dynasty, it was essentially an, 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 uh, a massive army formed against David. 
that it was essentially the presence of these 37 men. So there's the three and there's 30 and it all adds up to 37 anyways. It was the presence of these 37 men with David that basically held the rest of the army that was attempting a coup off. Because the rest of Israel knew that these men, they were, they were serious foes. They knew how to handle their weapons. And they would absolutely exhaust themselves. They would give themselves fully. They were amped up. And they were also blessed by God in battle, equipped for the task These men were out of their mind warriors, absolute fanatics for David. Uh, A few people can have a dramatic impact. Uh, One person can have a dramatic impact. I was Googling stories of, uh, of modern-day heroes. I thought, oh, well, let's just see if there's something out there, some cool story to tell. And uh, so I Googled modern-day hero, and the first name that came up was Al Gore. And I thought, we really do need help in this area. Uh, <laughs> this is, that's how bad it is. That's what I'm saying. Um. So I went back a little ways. Well, maybe modern day is not the, be, not the place to be looking. Uh, and I came across the story of Audie Murphy. I don't know, are there any military folks in here who maybe recognize that name? I don't know. Maybe one or two, okay. So Audie Murphy is, uh, I'm not sure if he's the most decorated, but he's an incredibly highly decorated soldier from World War II. Uh, he grew up in a family. They were sharecroppers in Texas. His dad left uh, when he was still in his childhood. His mom died while he was a teenager. And the reason I include those parts of the story is because a lot of times we think, I could never be a hero, right? Because of my background, because of things that have happened to me, because of wounds I have, because of weaknesses I have, I could never be a hero. Audie Murphy forged some papers and got into the army early in order to fight in World War II. Um, He ended up in a battle in France where the Germans were overwhelming his position and everybody fled. But he remembered his order, which was to hold that position. So he did not flee. He started picking out whoever he thought was in charge and shooting them. And because he grew up in poverty and needed to live by subsistence, he was a very good rifle shot. Isn't it interesting how God prepares us in difficult circumstances to be the hero that he is calling us to be? And he just kept shooting the guy he thought was in charge. And most of the time, he was right. 
And so there was confusion. It took them a while to get reorganized, and then that guy would get shot, and then it took them a while to get reorganized, and you can kind of see the scene. And so he held that position for several hours uh, without reinforcements. Finally, the reinforcements came, and he had been watching them long enough and figuring out enough things. He knew exactly where to counterattack, and so he led the counterattack, wounded himself and out of ammunition, but he just led them. And they, the, the Allied troops won a great victory that day. He was decorated with every available army pendant decoration award. The French, the Belgium, they gave him also their highest awards. This was one person with one skill who decided to be a person of courage. So... My theory is that God has designed each one of us to be a hero in the life of somebody else. To be a hero in our country, in our political situation, in our social situation. To be a hero in our culture. So I'm going to trust the promise right now that we are each God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do the things which he's prepared in advance for us to do. And I'm going to trust that God is speaking to you right now about how you can be a hero and whose life you can be a hero. About what it is that you need to sacrifice, about what odds you need to ignore, and about what danger you need to be willing to step into and trust. Actually test your faith. Put it on the line to see that God is with you when he calls you into obedience. We are God's children. That makes us unstoppable because God is on our side. He is for us. So who could possibly be against us? Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you would breathe your spirit into us. That we are able to give up comfort and convenience and security and dive headlong into the battle. Give ourselves fully to the places that you are calling us. Father, I thank you for some of the heroes who are sitting in this room and just thinking about some of the incredible things that are being done, represented by your people here. I pray, Lord, that you would lift up those who are pouring themselves out. Meet them in that place of exhaustion. Give them strength to battle on. Father, we know that even with a group this small, We can have a dramatic impact, a dramatic impact on this city. Father, we're not the only Christians here. So, Father, we pray that you would lift us up and help us step in to the life of a hero. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Amen. Uh, worship team.